0: It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. That would be us, Dennis Stuckey along with
1: Brady Beaton, and uh, we've got uh, a lot to uh, discuss. We will finally put a close on the high school football season as uh, Ubley played in the championship game on uh, Friday morning against uh, Ottawa Lake's uh, Whiteford Brady was there. He'll give us all the details on that. Uh, The winter uh, sports uh, season is in full bloom as far as I'm concerned. We did the Larry Manns tournament four games over the weekend. Something happened at the Manns that had never happened before. So we'll get into uh, that. Uh, And believe it or not, we tip off girls' high school basketball this week.
2: I know. I know it's crazy. Boys' basketball tips off next week. It feels like a very short turnaround from when they start practice to when they're starting games this year. 22 games slate, Dennis, so we're going to be extra busy. I think uh, when we went through and did the schedule, there's a handful of teams we do like half their games. Yeah, well, well why it's, not? Especially the boys because the max silver, I mean, we basically do the entire max silver because Port Huron, Marysville, St. Clair, and Marine City are all in the silver. And so just about
1: every night, they're playing each other, and right. so you get a lot of a lot of games that way,
2: unfortunately, in girls' basketball, they're really spread out now, yeah like, p h is in the red, northern went down to the white, Marysville's in the blue, and St Clair and Marine City are in the gold, so we have five teams in four different divisions, yeah, which is a bummer
1: it that that is um because I like when we have Marysville and St Clair and Marine City all together at least right, and we've had p h and northern together. Um, for a, a little while as well, so uh, it'll be a little I think a little more difficult to decipher what's going to be what in girls basketball as opposed to boys basketball. but that's another discussion for another time because we want to get through football uh, and talk a little hockey too on uh, today's show. So uh, we'll start with our final football game of the season, Friday's championship game uh, between Ubley and uh, Ottawa Lakes. so Whiteford coming up next
2: Marysville
0: for all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to Get Stuck on Sports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, welcome back, Tri County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast. Dennis and uh, Brady uh, with you. Uh, and uh, on uh, Friday, Ubley was trying to win its first uh, state uh, championship, uh, Brady. They ran into Ottawa Lakes-Whiteford. 26-20 is your final score. Tell us about this football game. What went right for Ubley and what went wrong for Ubley? As again, they come up just a little
2: short. The, the two other times Ubley had gone there, 2008 and 2020, they ran into Buzzsaw's. They ran into Traverse City-St. Francis in eight, oh, which was you talked about had NFL players on that team, future NFL stars, and then in 2020, a Centerville team that shut out more than half of the teams it played. so you lost those two games and you kind of left went going kind of like Brown City this past year. All right, they were the second best team in the state, and there was a gap, and sometimes you just that happens. there are sometimes unbelievably good teams, and especially from St. Francis, a program like that. This was not the case between Whiteford and Ubley. Uh, Ubley fumbles on the second play. Whiteford converts a big third down on the subsequent drive, ends up scoring 6-0 after a stop, two-point conversion. Ubley goes three and out and punts. And by the way, Brett Mueller is one heck of a kicker. Yes, he is. He might be the best kicker now that Matty Eunice, I believe, was a senior. He might have a case for best kicker in the area because he – he was booting them almost out of the back of the end zones. And punting as well, too. He was six inches away from pinning Whiteford on the one-yard line. Anyway, I digress. Uh, they punt away, and Whiteford marches down the field again. They had, it was fourth and nine from the ugly 11. Whiteford went for it. And they had a couple of guys dead to rights in the backfield. They had Truddy dead to rights. He made three men miss, got the first down at the one next play, touchdown, 12 nothing. So on back-to-back drives, you had chances to get off the field and couldn't do it. Now, Ubley uh, able to respond. They get a touchdown. They make it 12-6 after a missed extra point, and that's the score at halftime. So you're thinking, all right, they're, they're getting back into this. Whiteford gets the ball first. They need a stop. They march right down the field again. Touchdown. Get the two-point conversion, 20-6. to And at that point, you're going, all right, Ubley needs to figure out a way to score. They do. They finally break off a big 30 some yard run, 20 to 13, get a stop score again, 20 to 20. They need one more stop, especially knowing you have Mueller's leg. Hey, you get it inside the 30, you have a chance for a walk off field goal. You have a chance to finally get it done and Whiteford just kept getting the first down, kept getting the first down, kept getting the first down, and I believe it was third and goal. Uh, The quarterback uh, just ran or won the race, I should say, to the near corner, ended up scoring, and then I'll be honest, this was maybe the one criticism, and it kind of is a... It's because they were so good. You could tell they never had to do a two-minute drill before in their life, and it was kind of out of sorts. Um, and it didn't go anywhere. Basically, at the end of the day, Ubly just didn't tackle very well. A lot of missed opportunities, and coming out of this one, yeah, it was a great year. But this wasn't a game where you went. We would have had to play perfect to win. You had. They had their chances. They just couldn't quite finish it.
1: Yeah, and we talked about this before. Ubley's not exactly a huge team, but their trademark is is they're really strong. They get off the ball well, uh, and and they usually are able to bully and out physical teams, and it doesn't sound like in this one they were able to do that.
2: No. No, they weren't, and it wasn't – it wasn't – like, they got dominated at the line of scrimmage. They didn't get, like, embarrassed by any means. It was just anytime it seemed like there was, hey, you put the chips in the middle of the table, including on the final drive for Whiteford. They had, it, I think, fourth and one on their own side of the 50 with under five minutes to go. And if they don't get – that's a play that if Ubley gets that stop, they're state champions. That's a play that if they get the stop – People are screaming at the coach at Ottawa, like Whiteford, going, what in the hell are you doing? Uh, You just cost us a state title. Um, But they got it and eventually scored. It just, Whiteford made all the put-up-or-shut-up plays. Really, um, an interesting uh, game. Whiteford ran about 20 more plays than Upley. They dominated the time of possession early because – Ubley had some long touchdown or at least one long touchdown run where Whiteford almost every time just – they didn't hit any home runs. They death by a 1,000 cuts down the field. And, like, I keep coming back to the point, but Ubley couldn't get off the field almost every time they needed to outside the stop to set up the game, tying touchdown.
1: Yeah, uh, the the rushing was about even. It's interesting how, like, you look at the stats and go, well, how did it turn out this way? Ubbly averaged six yards a carry. But, you know, I watched the first half of the right. game and listened to the second half at McMorran to you. It didn't feel like they were getting six yards a carry. A lot
2: of that came on the last two scoring drives where they started to do that. Um, the first half, Whiteford kind of dominated. Uh, but the second half on those two drives, they hit a few bigger runs, explosive runs, a 30-yard run will help that. They had a, a handful of 10- to 12-yard runs in there. It was a good effort by Ubley. But uh, Coach, uh, you heard me talk with uh, Coach Sweeney before the game when we put it on the last podcast. He said, hey, if we go there and we just lose to a better team, I'm not going to lose sleep over that. I'd like to talk to him now just once everything's settled, and and I don't know if he went back and watched the film, but it felt like Ubley had a chance to finally get it done, and they just were a step short. Like, they were in that game, and they had a chance to go down in a two-minute drill. Again, Ubley's not built for that. I'm not going to crucify a team for not... Scoring at two minutes going 80 yards against Ottawa Lake-Whiteford. That's a really Especially
1: good Especially when but they, your offense is designed
2: around running the football. Right. But they had chances earlier in the game. I can point to, I mean, the fourth and nine from the 11. They had two of their better players that had their quarterback in their sights. Got to make that tackle. The first drive, I think it was third and eight, and they had a chance to respond to three and out with a three and out. The third and goal that they scored on, the fourth and one, like right there off the top of my head, there are four plays that all swung in Whiteford's direction. That Oh, the, the fumble on the second play of the game because that was a first down run that he fumbled on. So that um, that Peruski fumbled on. So they were moving the ball early, but they fumble, and then Whiteford gets it. Like it just seemed like every big swing play went in the Bobcats' favor. And unfortunately for Ubley, they are still without the big one. Um, Seth Maurer was, uh, had, a, had a great game,
1: uh, 15 carries, 129 yards, scored two touchdowns. Mark Heilig also had a touchdown for uh, the uh, Bearcats. He had 82 yards on 18 uh, carries. Uh, for Whiteford, it was Hunter DeBar, 19 carries, 94 yards. He had two touchdowns, and the quarterback, Shea Ruddy, had a very good game. 13 carries, 77 yards, two touchdowns rushing, uh, plus he was 8 out of 12 passing for 112 yards in the game. That's the one area, it, they didn't throw a lot, but 112 yards looks like a lot when you look at Ubley had 13 yards passing.
2: Right, and well, that again, they're not designed to do that. They're I mean, passing is not their forte. Um, so, but again, I don't want to take, take away from Ubley being one of the standard bearers in Division 8 in the thumb. They had an incredible season. It was two Titans cl- clashing, and it was one of the best games at Ford Field this past weekend. Um, yeah, you which, look at some of the other final scores, there weren't too many close finals, which. Yeah, I don't want to get because I know what rabbit hole that'll lead us down. But one you were happy about was uh, seeing Gladwin oh, with the walk off
1: win. Boy, was I excited uh, when when that uh, kick went uh, through. That was fantastic. Gladwin beating Frankenmuth ten to seven. Yeah, Frankenmuth <laughs> hasn't won a state title yet, have they? Uh, you know, I, I I don't think so, but. It's just the fact that they have just crushed everybody from our area that it's nice to see them uh, lose. And I think n- nobody was calling Gladwin as a state champ at, at, at the start of this season or even when the playoffs began. I don't think anybody was saying the
2: flying G's are going to win the state title. It is always fun when you get that. I guess it's the same thing with like the college football playoff when you get a new logo to look at in a new team. Because, again, this is because they're good. Hey. Belleville won again. De La Salle won again. Uh, King won again in the top three divisions. It's like, all right, rinse and repeat. Jackson, Lumen, Christie won again. Which, by the way, they started the year 0-3 and won a state title. That's pretty impressive. They beat St.
1: Francis, too. That was the
2: other game that was close. Right, which was kind of an upset. Yeah, uh, no state titles for Frankenmuth. So they're kind of the... Class B version of Ubbly, which brought me to a question I wanted to ask you. Dennis, would you rather have a program like Ubbly where, or Frankenmuth, year in and year out, it seems like at worst you're playing in a regional final, but you can't win the big one, but for 20 years, basically every class is played in a semifinal, you go to the championship every five to ten, every five, seven years or so, or... Would you rather have a program that over the span of 25 years was relatively irrelevant except for two seasons, you, you stepped up and you, you had two amazing classes and you win state titles, but they look like blips on the radar. <laughs> and in, so in like 25 years, you're four and year 19, you win state titles. But every other year, you're kind of, I don't want to say irrelevant, but you're a team that might make the playoffs and then get swept out pretty quickly.
1: Can I get a third option? No. Can I be Marine City and (laughs) make the playoffs every year for 30 years and win a couple of state titles? No, because that's obviously the better (laughs) one. So, which
2: one would you rather have? Would you rather – I mean,
1: I'd prefer the consistency, but, I mean, everybody's going to say you you want a championship. So, if you have 19 losing seasons but win one championship, nobody can take that ring away from you. Right. Diamonds are forever.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, But, I mean, I I think – the consistent program like an Upley, like a Frankenmuth, where all you do is win. I know they don't have state championships, but people know these programs now. Right. And people talk about these programs, and they don't talk
2: about these programs as, oh, they're losers. No. They talk about the, the, these programs are winners. But still, if you're involved with the program, whether a coach, a player, just a fan, like it's got to be heartbreaking to feel like, hey, you've gotten to the altar a lot and every time someone objects and you never get to say I do. Yeah,
1: I know, but uh, I hate to say it, there's always next year and you get Evan Perusky back for another year and I know not everybody off this right. team will be I back. Bowers back, but the, the, they'll, they'll have they'll have enough Ubley will be heard from again.
2: Yes, they're they're not going to slip back into irrelevance. I'm sure Frank and Mooth will be the same way. Yeah. Um, the,
1: they will reload rather than rebuild.
2: Yes. One other question for you, and I don't want this to go into a long diatribe about the public versus private, <laughs> but I've just, I saw this, and I thought it was an interesting way to maybe find a middle ground because you're never going to have the, uh, the, the private school playoffs. It's never going to happen. But what I saw some other states do is basically you call it the private school tax, where if you have 500 kids in your private school – it equates to having, say, I don't know, pick a number, seven hundred. You add like fifteen to twenty percent. So if you're a class D6 or D six private school, you end up playing in D five or D four with the public schools. What would you think about that? Just, just quickly, as a solution to try to maybe even the playing field a bit. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, it's it's hard to to say because again, I I, I look at some of the smaller. Schools. And that's where they dominate at, at their level. But you know, take a Mooney. If Mooney wins the state title this year, it's not because they're going out and getting right. You know, they didn't go over to Marine City's practice and pillage eight guys off their
2: roster to come play a, at Mooney. It's not like that. So it. It. But in that scenario, they would instead of D eight, they'd probably play D seven and at the absolute worst D6. Yeah. So we're not moving a D8. We're not moving an Everest to be competing with Marine City. That instead of D8, they'd be playing D7, D6 at the worst. Yeah. Again, I, just, you have it, to, I don't know exactly the number would be, but it would move like a D LaSalle to D1. It would move a St. Mary's to D3 or D2. And just, hey, you, you have more resources. Punch above your, your weight class a little.
1: Well, I mean, there's...
2: The the ones
1: that bother me are the one that it's just blatantly obvious you hire a coach from the other side of the state and you're paying him a gazillion dollars. Yeah. That's not a straight up and up thing that's going on there. No, okay? well I mean the whole thing uh, with you, St. Mary's right now. You've got dorms and kids from out of the state can come and play for you. Okay. Now now we've we've breached ridiculous. Right. This is high school football. It's great to win, but really but really, and I'm, I'm sorry, grew up in a Catholic home, uh, went to Catholic school. You're calling yourselves Catholics,
2: but you're cheating. <laughs> kind of sends the wrong message to me. Well, yeah, because, I mean, Orchard Lake, St. Mary's, that whole thing. And again, we're not getting into that. That could be yeah, a show and of itself. But so four out of eight state champs
1: were private schools. Right. Grand, uh, Grand Rapids West Catholic, De La Salle, uh, South Christian from Grand Rapids, Jackson Lumen Christie.
2: and not to uh, and there are a lot less private pu-
1: schools than there are public schools, and not to pardon, but they some of the half public the
2: schools, but some not all, but there are are public schools that were in the final four and maybe even the state finals that act the same way those private yeah schools. yeah
1: no I'm I'm not uh, exonerating there there are, there are a lot of teams out there that are
2: questionable. Right. Somebody just lost a coach. <laughs> you got a still still got a state title. Still got a state title. It helps but... when you have a generationally great quarterback. Yeah, no, no, he's
1: he's sensational. Um so I I mean, you know, again, I just say what what whatever your however your conscience works and whatever you can sleep with that night, I guess is what we're going to have to settle for.
2: All right. I just I just wanted to bring that up, which by the way, Dennis, you've been around here a long time the lineup of quarterbacks that played in the state finals regardless of who they played for in D1 you had Bryce Underwood who's going to get his pick of schools in the country he's a sophomore he's won two state titles hello yeah. you had Brady Drogish, who well is committed to Cincinnati was but with their coach leaving he probably he's going to be playing power 5 football yes and Dante Moore, who, if he's not going to Oregon, if he flips to Michigan State, is still playing high level Power Five football.
1: I hope he flips to Michigan State.
2: But. That would be fun. <laughs> but, like, think about that. Can you think of a time you had three power five quarterbacks playing in the state finals at the same time? Like, I'm sure it's happened. Yeah, but but I mean, uh, uh, it feels like the quarterbacks in the state of Michigan are just ridiculous. And that doesn't include C.J. Carr. And when you always
1: look at it, it's not like a lot of great football players have come out of Michigan. Don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong. And there's a lot of pro players who were from Michigan but, like, generally when you're thinking quarterbacks, you're thinking Texas, Florida, California. Like, now Las Vegas. Yeah, it, it, it's like you don't go, oh, yeah,
2: uh, there's four kids from Michigan that could play in the NFL someday. Like, the only one I can think of. That was kind of before this crop has come through, was when J. Rue Campbell was doing what he was doing at Cass Tech.
1: Yeah. And before that, and this is before you were, were born, probably was Drew Henson. And oh, And then yeah. he
2: ended up not
1: really panning out.
2: Yeah. I mean, he was the golden child at Michigan. And yeah, that. but J. Rue Campbell was the last one that he was committed to Alabama, I think, or he had offered from Alabama. He committed to Michigan State. Like, he was the next coming. And now. There's like 4 or 5 quarterbacks in the state of Michigan that you just go oh, wow. And and unfortunately
1: I haven't seen all of them play, but I've seen Underwood. Yeah. Oh my god. You've watched him. <laughs> oh, I mean, go
2: watch some of the, I mean, you saw Dragish play when he was a sophomore yeah. against PH. Uh yeah, The
1: the problem is, is is that at that time, they were using like three quarterbacks so every series there was a new quarterback in so you only got to see him every third right. series I
2: saw Dante Moore play Marysville as a so, as a freshman or sophomore and he was just like you could tell that was a good Marysville team and that talent King had I mean they have a linebacker that was at that at Penn State now and yeah, it still was played ridiculous. with
1: him for a little while in that yeah
2: game. Evan Woodard picked him off that's one that in twenty years when they're coming back. Hey, yeah. just watching him on in the NFL. You're watching
1: the Super Bowl
2: with, with your kids, and you can go, yeah. I intercepted yeah. that guy. <laughs> ah. Can't take that away from me. <laughs> so anyway, speaking of things you can't take away from people, Larry Mann's trophy is has a new home. Yeah. At least for this year. Yeah, you, you couldn't
1: take it away from Port here on Northern and then uh, that uh That changed this year. We'll uh, talk about the uh, Larry Manns uh, Tournament uh, when we come back after the break. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281 open monday from 10 until 6 friday and sunday noon to 4. when you run with us on a gator utv the engine has your full attention the herd takes notice and the trail meets its match because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet nothing runs like a deer
3: 800- 2507520.
2: Offices located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan, Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC.
3: it's on Port Huron Schools.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back with uh,
1: Dennis and Brady, Tri County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast. So let's shift the gears to hockey now. We had the Larry Manns uh, holiday hockey tournament over the uh, weekend um, by our best math. This was the 12th Larry Manns Tournament.
2: First started in 20... It was named the Larry Manns in 2010.
1: Yes, there was a holiday tournament prior to this, but since it has been called the Larry Manns Tournament, this was the 12th time they've played the event. The first 11 times Port Huron Northern won the trophy. Okay, there are two rounds to the event, so that meant the Huskies had won... 23 games in a row in this event, including their semifinal win right. on Friday. So they had gone 22-0 and through the first 11 and had won it 11 times. They had an easy semifinal win on Friday. They beat uh, PH Unified 9 to nothing. It actually was a scoreless game midway through the first period, but it had that feel of, okay, when the first one goes in, the dam's going to break open. And that's what happened. They, they scored – and then it
2: was 5 to nothing at the end of the first. Which real quick, you've covered the majority of the Larry Mann's. How many times was Northern challenged? Not
1: many. There there would be the odd year where either Anchor Bay or Marysville would be strong enough to give them a game. Last year, we thought that was going to be the year that Marysville was going to be good enough, and Northern ended up beating them in the, the championship game 4 or 5 to nothing.
2: And it was, yeah, it wasn't that close of a uh, game, really. No. So, I mean, they've been pretty
1: dominant, but, you know, again, there is a, a big difference between playing HL games all the time and playing games in the MAC. I think in the last few years, the Mac has gotten a lot more competitive. A lot of the programs are better now. Um, Some of the the schools that were struggling with numbers have unified, right? And they, you know, Utica has like seventy kids on their roster. It's stupid, right? Um, the, The actually Utica and Ford could probably have separate teams, but they play unified. They've got a big roster. And they're they're actually like it used to be. Oh, well, they're playing Utica tonight. Yeah. This will be two periods. No, Utica actually is 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 a good program, and that's one of the teams that Anchor Bay and Marysville play against. Um, but it's gotten better. Lance Cruz North had a couple of good kids last year, uh, and they really stuck it to everybody in the in the regionals and made it to a quarterfinal. And they actually gave I think it was Brother Rice. A decent game. Catholic Central. Catholic Central. Uh, it was a 4-1 to one game in the quarterfinal where everybody was like, boy, you don't you, you don't really want to win this regional because then you're going to get slaughtered. Well, they won the regional, and, and they didn't get slaughtered. but th- So the gap is a little bit closer. And the last couple of years, we thought somebody could challenge Port Huron Northern. Honestly, when I looked at the records going into things, like, Anchor Bay was the only team that came into the tournament with a winning record.
2: I'll admit that if you forced me to make a pick before the tournament started, I said, maybe this is your Anchor Bay crashes the party, and I probably would have picked the Tars.
1: Yeah, and they played Marysville in the opening uh, game, and it was a one nothing game at the end of the second period. Nola Valley scored midway through the first, and that was the only goal of the game through the first two periods. It was pretty even. Kind of chippy, like there was a little bit of we don't like each other uh, in this game, which I kind of liked. Uh, the Vikings scored early in the third. Braden Turner scored a goal to make it two to nothing. But there's still about 15 minutes of hockey to play, so you're like it's anybody's game. And Mary got a nice bounce with about seven minutes to go. They were on a power play. It was a pass that ended up going into the net. Right. And it's 3 nothing, and you're thinking, oh, okay, game's over. And less than a minute later, Anchor Bay scored, and you're like, oh, okay, we do have to play to the finish. Um, and then uh, Marysville finally iced it. Anchor Bay did something that you see in the NHL a lot, but you don't see in uh, high school hockey. Generally in high school hockey, they wait to the last minute to pull the goalie. Right. like four minutes left, and Anchor Bay pulled the goalie down too.
2: Which I kind of – I don't mind that. Hey, who cares if you lose by, by two or three? Yeah, like down one. All right, you wait a little while, depending. But yeah, pulling them with four minutes to go. Who cares? Push your chips in the middle of the table.
1: Yeah, uh, Marysville got an empty net goal, so your final ended up being four to one in a game that wasn't really that lopsided. But in the end, Marysville was the better team that day, and so they they deserved the win. But again, I don't think the three goal gap is what the gap is between these two teams. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, we mentioned Northern beat PH 9-0. Uh, um, Northern was very balanced. Um, again, we, we kind of talked about this when we previewed a hockey that uh, last year Northern was young up front, and they kind of struggled to generate offense. All those kids are back, and they all look like they've got a little more polish to their game. Um, and, and they just kind of – they roll their lines, and every line's got guys on it that can right. do some, some damage. There's going to be some question about the goaltending and about the defense, but they really didn't get a challenge from PH. PH numbers are down. They had nine skaters for this game. And that makes it almost impossible. Yeah. And they only have 11 kids on the roster, 10 skaters and a goalie. And the goalie is – I don't know if Trudeau has played any goalie before this year, but he skated out as a forward last year. He wasn't a goalie, and he's in there, and I give the kid props because he's in there knowing he's going to face a ton of shots uh, and have pressure on him continuously, and he actually did a really good Like I say, he kind of held the fort for the first half of the first period until one finally got by him and then kind of the dam opened up for him. But uh, the, And the next day you know Anchor Bay clearly took their frustrations out they scored 9 in the first period uh and they rolled to a 12 to 1 win uh over uh PH but that set up the the championship game Northern and Marysville um and and I thought that the gap between these two teams may have tightened last year well it's it's really tightened and it's it's pretty even I'm going to play the highlights of the game first and then we'll we'll talk more about it uh in in a moment but But these two teams aren't that far apart of the four that were played in the tournament. Barrett now will tap one ahead, and Bruno will just let it slide out center ice. Donaldson at his own line. He'll bang one ahead at center, and it'll deflect. Over the line is Ben LaValle. He's got Noah with him. Noah LaValle scored! A perfect centering feed by Ben LaValle to Noah LaValle, and he'll score on the one-timer and a turnover in the neutral zone gives Marysville the odd man rush and they cash in and take a one to nothing lead off the face off here the puck will roll back into the husky zone and Bruno will come back and get it Bruno's pass blocked by Fick but now he'll work it ahead and then Fick with a steal here's Thick going right to the net He scored a shorthanded goal by Luke Thick as he stole it away right at the blue line and he raced back in and gives the Vikings a two to nothing lead Played along the boards for Lone. Lone centering feed is blocked. Held in at the line. Coates to Myers. Now Myers stripped of the puck by Smith. Smith turns it back the other way. Here come the Huskies, three of them over the line. Smith right circle. Shooting scored! What a shot by Bryson Smith. And Northern's back in the game. It's two to one with 734 to go here in the second period. Donaldson will skate it through center. Back up over the line. Ends up down in behind the goal. Donaldson goes in and gets it. Mitch Donaldson scored from the left circle. A no-look shot, and it flutters through. Power play goal for the Vikings, and they're back up by two. Mitch Donaldson has worked hard this period. He kind of deserves a goal. It wasn't pretty, but he shot it through traffic, and it had eyes. And again, I think the key to it was he really wasn't looking at the net. I don't think the goaltender, Bumgardner was expecting a shot there. Second goal of the season for Mitch Donaldson. Power play goal here at 13-42. And the Vikings are back up by two. It's 3-1. to one. But here's Smith back up over the line. To He's He scored! And it's 3-2! to two! Right off the faceoff at center! Four seconds apart. Monahan from Smith at 13.46. Donaldson unassisted on the power play at 13.42. And now here's Klink up over the line for the Huskies. Klink centers one out in front. Comes back. Barrett right circle. He's scored! Nehemiah Barrett picks the top corner. And Northern has tied the game. It's 3-3 three three and the goals are flying in right now. Smith won the face off. Nehemiah Barrett Retreated behind his own goal. It was nearly taken away by Ben LaValle. Now it will be chipped off the wall and back out center ice. At his own line, Donaldson goes cross ice to Lone. Lone will try the right wing side. And here's Noah LaValle digging into the corner after it. Center right in front. They score! Ben LaValle loose right in front of the net. Took the centering feed from Noah LaValle. And Marysville is back in front again. 4-3 to in favor of the Vikings. Barrett will get it back again, though. He's got a man wide open in front. Albers took a whack at it. He's still whacking at it. And down is McKinney, but he kept that puck out of the net. Comes back on the right point. Barrett a drive through traffic, and that hit legs and bounced wide. Here's Klink centering one out in front. Albert a shot. Graham had a whack at it. It's still loose. Kerrigan back on the line. Klink a drive. Same man. Rebound chance. Oh, what a stop by McKinney. Will Albert had a wide open net and it looked like he was going to tie the game and McKinney doing the splits threw up the glove and absolutely robbed him and he's getting mobbed by his teammates right now. Every Viking that was leaving the ice stopped to pat their goalie on the head there and everyone who came on Stop to pat him on the head. What a stop by Tyler McKenney. Scramble off the faceoff. Monahan shot. Pinballed wide of the goal. Scotcher left circle with a try. That's knocked away. In behind the net now. Smith looking for Bruno in front. Broken up. Long shot down the ice. Score! Donaldson hits the empty net with 56 seconds to go. And that may seal the deal here for Marysville. And it's appropriate that it's Mitch Donaldson because maybe he's been the best Viking skater here in this one. I don't think he came off the uh, ice in the entire game, uh, Brady. Like, I'm, I'm serious. Uh, I don't know if uh, who keeps the stats or if they do ice time. Mitch Donaldson probably played 40 minutes in a 51-minute hockey game. He had two goals and two assists. Um, I mentioned this uh, in a podcast uh, last week, I think where, you know, Minesburg isn't there, and they're giving Donaldson those minutes. And it's like, Minesburg had 40 points last year. I don't think they're expecting Mitch Donaldson to get 40 points. Maybe they are. Because, right? Because uh, he certainly was one of the two guys that stood out in this one. The other one was McKinney. Okay, when a goalie makes a save and your team celebrates it like a goal... Yeah. I mean... the. the It it very easily could have been a 4-4 game, and we might still be playing overtime over at McMorrin right now. That save won the game for Marysville.
2: Yeah, and it's it's funny because this isn't a sustainable model. You can't throw one guy out there for 40 minutes, but it's good to know that in a big-time game like a playoff game, if you need to have a guy out there for that long, he is capable of doing it against a quality opponent.
1: Yeah, and then we talked about, like, secondary scoring. It's obviously, the, the, the Valleys with Turner, that was two goals for Marysville in this one. But Luke Thick had a goal. Um, and he looks, again, he looks like a good skater. I can only see him getting better as the year goes on. Um, and uh, Marysville, power play goal, shorthanded goal. Even strength goal, empty net goal. I mean, missing the penalty shot. (laughs) We're we're missing the the penalty shot uh, there. And McKinney was uh, terrific. Unofficially, he had Northern for 40 shots on uh, goal, so he made 37 saves. He made uh, the first period he faced 15 shots, and half of those were dangerous chances. So he was really good for them. The three goals that Northern got were all snipes where they – pick the far top corner, like, you you can't walk up and put the puck into the net any better with your hands. So uh, he did his job. Uh, Marysville was opportunistic with their their chances for the most part. They had a lot of power plays. They had a five-on-three that was a full two minutes. So – Last year, when the Vikings got a power play, it was almost automatic right, that they were going to score a goal. They were one for eight on the power play in this game, so that's one area where I know they'll want to get better. They get chances,
2: and for Northern, again. And you always say if you get chances, that's what you have. Yeah. The goals will come. If you're generating opportunities, hey. I always say, be process based. Are you doing the right things that should result in get the results? Then keep doing that. Like, okay, basketball. If you turn around, throw a backwards three up, and it goes in, don't go. Hey, I got three points. That must work. Set up the opportunities <laughs> that should get you points. Yeah. Uh,
1: and uh, as far as Northern is is concerned, again, their their forwards uh, have have a, a little more polish this year. They go to the net. They drive the net hard um, in both games. They got a lot of goals because they went straight to the net. I like that about them. Um, There will be some, when they get into league games, there's going to be some questions about how they're going to hold up defensively and on, on the back end. And when I talk about defense, it's going to take a whole team effort. Forwards are going to have to back check, and they're going to have to play inside their own zone. You're you're not going to be able to cheat, or Northern will pay a price when they get into the league because they're not the biggest team. Uh, and in the MIHL, you have to be big and you have to be able to skate and move the the puck. So, but Northern Marysville, pretty even again. You could play this game ten times, and I think it would go five and five.
2: All right. Final takeaways from the Larry Mans getting to see all. Well, four of the five local ish hockey teams twice
1: well again i, I think Marysville and uh, Anchor Bay will you know be solid in the mac they'll they'll have opportunities Marysville anchor,
2: anchor Bay in the red Marysville yeah, in the white
1: uh Marysville won a league title. They'll be right in the mix again this year um as long as the secondary guys come through and get better and and give them a little offense so that it's not always. Turner and the LaValle scoring all your goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, uh, PH is just going to struggle because they just don't have the bodies. Um, they work hard. And, and again, I, I I give Trudeau uh, uh, the, the red badge of courage for going back there in, in goal and, and taking the abuse. He actually did pretty well. And, again, maybe he played when he was younger he didn't play goal last year didn't
2: wasn't there a time when they had goalies out last year and they had to move yeah and mcqueen a defenseman yes, okay.
1: went in and played goal that's who it was for them uh, but th- this time around trudeau w- was back there and again all things considered uh he 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 didn't do it too badly um i mean don't look at the those scores and go oh the goalie stinks uh, you get chances like that Even Patrick Law is going to get scored. You have
2: four guys on your bench to cycle through. Yeah, Yeah.
1: it's going to be tough for them. And Northern, don't pay attention to their record. Pay attention to how they're competing because I I don't think they're going to win a ton of games in the MIHL. But come playoff time, they'll be as good as anybody in the regional that they, they're in.
2: They need to. I think they're in a region with one of the MIHL teams. Yeah. They need to find a way to win that game. Yeah. That's what the league play does. Is how do we win that game? Yeah. So it, it, it's uh, it, it'll be it'll still be a fun year in
1: hockey, and we got a couple games coming up Thursday night. Northern's going to play Stony Creek. I think that's a good test for the uh, the Huskies. We'll learn a lot more about Northern uh, watching that game. Uh, and uh, Marysville will take on Oxford, and again that that should be a a pretty good test for to to see again a little further where these two teams are at.
2: Absolutely, and well, basketball is getting started soon. I promise you, I'm not going to keep delaying it. We will talk about the 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 boys and girls. We'll have a lot to talk about, but with the state championship and the Larry Mans, we had, we had a lot to discuss. So we didn't want to shortchange basketball because they deserve their own episode.
1: Yeah. But uh, we do have another segment to go, and there are a couple of uh, girls' basketball games on the docket for the rest of uh, this week as we uh, get things uh, rolling. So uh, maybe we'll indulge uh, we'll into it just a little bit when we come back. for all your real estate needs. O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Neiman's Family Market located in St. Clair is family owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials coupons and recipes open 6 a.m to 9 p.m all week long visit neiman's family market in st Clair. you'll be glad
2: you did Marysville.
1: 72185 All right, welcome back, uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. Just kind of looking ahead at the uh, week. We mentioned the the two hockey games we'll have for you on Thursday. PH plays twice this week. Grand Blank is at McMoran Arena on Wednesday. And then on Friday, PH makes the drive uh, up to Sandusky to take on the Thumb Legion, who's 1-1 one one this year. Uh, and in their two games, Caleb Lettner uh, just uh, with five goals and seven points. So yeah, he's off he's, to a slow start.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> But, yeah, now, uh, now fall the fall season's officially behind us. And we're, we're full bore on winter sports, which is... It, which gets busy. Yes, especially now with 22 games, which I love it because I felt like we have a ton more local, local, non-conference games now because of it. And teams don't have to pick, all right, do we want to play a local team? Do we want to go to a showcase? And that's the other thing. I think just about every single team, excluding the SC4 showcase... Is playing somewhere in a big time matchup. Yeah, so and that'll be fun. And like I like these
1: games. Uh, I'm just looking at it this week. Like Yale Northern is one of our first basketball games. Algonac Marine City uh, again. I like when the BWAC teams and the MAC teams get a chance to to play each other. I don't care what sport it is. Um, oh, this yeah. happens to be girls basketball. Yale had an interesting team last year. Um, I'm not sure how many of the girls are back from that team, but we know Northern is intriguing um, because their young players kind of got thrown to the wolves last year.
2: Well, and and, and we play well, yes, but and we also have two new coaches in in Port Huron for both the uh, the well now the the last year of the Big Reds, yeah. and the Huskies. So we had some new faces coming around and it'll just be very interesting and I I guess since we're going to get into all that another time we'll talk about how like in the early parts of the season you don't always get the bet like we know who the really good teams usually are supposed to be uh, but you can't always get that feel for where a team's going to end up because remember we saw a St. Clair team last year they lost their opener at Armada the boys team did they ended up being pretty pretty solid team.
1: Yeah, and, and I th- it did take them uh a little bit to kind, kind of until figure the it new out. year, and then they yeah. really
2: started running. I mean, they won a league title.
1: Whereas uh Northern was just the opposite last year. The Northern boys came
2: racing out. No, they had they struggled a bit when they played the they two- had like a nine game
1: win streak at one point.
2: Yeah, but their first three games they lost to Lance Cruz North. They remember they played Catholic Central. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm just throwing those
1: out. Well, they okay. went down to U a D.
2: And, you know but they still they took them a little bit to figure out how to, to, to get those wins to get the results but yeah once northern boys uh, beat Athens at, at sc4 they didn't look back
1: yeah like I'm not, I'm not I wasn't expecting them to go down to to Detroit and, and win that basketball game they
2: went down there and for
1: a couple of quarters they were competitive right and you know they lost by 20 which is a victory in my books <laughs> so it's just like uh, again, try, trying to uh, – and, and I'm going to struggle with this when we actually do get in-depth about it and talk about it a lot with exactly who are we supposed to watch. Like, I know we're supposed to watch Tyler Jameson, and I'm hearing that the young players at Northern that they're going to surround him with this year are very good, but until you see them right. in action at the varsity level, you don't know. Right. Like, it's going to probably take us a few games to go, yep, that scouting report was true, or uh,
2: maybe they need a little more time. And I think this is a year that a lot of players have the opportunity to step up, and guys we don't know about right now, or guys we might be talking about, or girls in January or February, but even maybe more so on the girls' side, because it felt like we, have a, we had a big exodus of talent if the girls basketball on a lot of teams i mean Emily city marysville lost a chunk marine city again we'll talk about it more but they're a weird one where they lost a lot and they bring back a lot it's it's an odd one cuz just the way their the classes were structured um and then i yeah there's just I, I feel like there's an opportunity for some players to really have breakout seasons this year
1: yeah i'm interested to uh both boys and girls to see
2: What St. Clair is going to do. I know they bring a lot back Uh, on the girls' side. Boys' side is going to be an interesting one.
1: Richmond will be an interesting team to watch in the BWAC on the boys' side Mm -hmm. Um, because, uh, again, not everybody that was there last year is there this year, but there should be enough that they're dangerous. We always wonder is this the year that Croslex is down? Probably not.
2: (laughs) I mean, down for them would be losing a conference game. Seriously, they haven't lost a conference game. I I had the date memorized for a while. I want to say it was since, like, January of 2019.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, With M.L.A. City losing a lot in girls' basketball. And a new coach there. And a new, new coach there. You wonder, is this the chance for somebody in the BWAC to to step up and challenge this year. And my immediate thought goes to a young Armada team from last year that has some players coming back that that look like they could be a dangerous team.
2: Yeah, and I think Yale was a younger team that you liked last year. It's 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 going to be wide open. Well, we're going to get some ant- – well, some at least data points early. I don't want to say answers because – I don't know what to make of the early season results because sometimes you can go back and go, how the hell did that happen <laughs> when the season's over? You're like, that doesn't make sense. They played that game now and it would be flipped.
1: Yeah. Um, the the, the uh, A score that I'm going to be interested in looking at uh, for a couple of uh, reasons, but Sandusky opens with Laker uh, tomorrow night or Tuesday night mm-hmm. um, in, in girls basketball. And obviously we're watching Al DeMott try to get to to the state
2: record for wins 790 right now 797 is the record
1: yeah and and he had a Sandusky team that went to a regional final last year uh, up in uh, Reese and played two really good games in in that uh, regional Um, and Laker I mean I I don't know if Laker girls basketball is like Laker in other sports but it's it just carries that name so you want to see how Sandusky sizes up against uh uh Laker and and if they can win that game and and get off to a good start
2: yeah absolutely cuz knock on wood you're assuming he's going to get there i mean it, it, it's set up for him if he just has another Aldemot season he'll oh, get oh he's
1: going to get there and then some right he's going to blow right past the the state record and get it in he'll be somewhere in the
2: 800s before this season is over, <laughs> right also uh be on the lookout uh, not right now, but next week um i'm a I think there's a decent chance at the next Sandusky board meeting, which is like the first Tuesday of every month or something like that, they name a new mascot, okay, so it might not they might be the Sandusky whatever when the record's set,
1: okay, be nice to have a name yes be be nice to to go into the books as.
2: Something. Well and it this doesn't mean anything, but it's just ideal that you kind of end one era and kick off the, another with the record being set as that big like checkpoint. Like things don't always work out that way in life. Yeah. But if you can kinda of end that Redskins era with the DeMott win and it starts the new uh era of whatever they're gonna be called, just that just feels nice and tidy. Oh, I like that. Um, anything else you want to add in here? No, we'll have a show Wednesday where we're all basketball um, and because we get right into that. We might do a super show, boys and girls preview. We'll figure that all out, but we'll have a lot of uh, shooty hoops up for you on Wednesday. <laughs> all right.
1: Uh, until then, um, thanks a lot.